You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. Welcome to a ReachMD special report, Cardiology News, from this year's American College of Cardiology annual meeting, ACC 2008. We're in Chicago at McCormick Place on the shores of Lake Michigan. Thousands of cardiologists have convened to listen to new research reports in one of the largest medical meetings anywhere. We're coming to you from studios at the Press Room, where we're talking to some of the nation's leading researchers about findings, many of which could change your medical practice. Join us in the coming weeks as we present a series of reports on findings from ACC 2008 of interest not only to cardiologists, but to many other health professionals as well. Cardiology meetings usually rank among some of the most important and most newsworthy medical meetings in the world. That's because researchers have made enormous strides in treating heart disease. New medications and new findings arrive every year, it seems, and progress against this leading killer of Americans continues to grow. But this year's American College of Cardiology annual meeting was quite a bit different. Yes, researchers reported important advances. For example, it is now clear, based on reporting at the meeting, that treating heart disease in the elderly can have very important benefits. But many other reports proved disappointing. Romanabot, to take one example, several years ago it was touted as a potential wonder drug. It has shown effectiveness in weight loss and smoking cessation, and it seemed likely that it would also show cardiovascular benefits. But that's not exactly what happened. In a large trial reported at the ACC meeting, Romanabot produced some improvements in metabolic profile, but did not show a significant reduction in percent atheroma volume on intravascular ultrasound. The drug, which has been approved in Europe, has not been approved here because of yet another problem, surprising psychiatric side effects. It has been associated with anxiety, depression, other mood disorders, and a significant increase in the risk of suicide. And indeed, the new trial did find those side effects in some patients treated with the drug. A wonder drug a few years ago, Romanabant now awaits further trials to see exactly where and when its benefits might outweigh its risks. Similar disappointing findings came from a study looking at the use of automated external defibrillators in the home. Researchers had hoped that such devices, which save lives in hospitals and even in some busy public settings, would also save lives in the home. But patients in homes equipped with defibrillators died at the same rate as those in homes without the devices. Is the golden age of heart disease research over? After taking huge strides in recent decades, are researchers now confined to halting short steps? We won't know that for a while. But the disappointment extended to the trial that was by far the most attention-grabbing study at the cardiology meeting. You probably know what I'm talking about. It was the trial called ENHANCE. The study looked at the benefits of Vitorin and Zetia, and it came up with nothing, or pretty close to nothing. The general findings of the trial had been released by the drugs makers Merck and Sharing Plow in January, but this was the first detailed scientific report. In an interview with ReachMD, Dr. John Castelline, a Dutch cardiologist who was the trial's principal investigator, described his findings. The enhanced trial actually investigated about 700 patients with genetic high cholesterol that were prescribed either simvastatin 80 milligrams or simvastatin 80 milligrams and added to that was Zedia 10 milligrams. They were followed up for a period of two years and a number of measurements were taken from their carotid arteries actually to assess the thickness of the arterial wall. So in the trial Zedia reduced LDL by about an additional 17 percent 
LDL cholesterol, an additional 27% in terms of CRP, and there were also impressive reductions for apolipoprotein B. So in those terms, Zedia did exactly what it was expected to do. But if you took a look at the actual carotid artery parameters, there was no difference between the two groups. And as I've laid out in my discussion yesterday, as well as in the New England Journal publication, there are three possible reasons for that. Either the technique is not accurate enough, or Zedia for some reason does reduce LDL cholesterol, but for some reason does not work on the arterial wall. Or third and last, the population that we've studied actually has such a low risk that it's almost impossible to see the benefit of something additional. It's almost like prescribing an antibiotic to someone without a lung infection, and then, of course, it doesn't work, but it doesn't mean it doesn't work. So I've discussed quite extensively in the New England Journal that the technique probably cannot be blamed for the result because the technique was actually quite accurate. So there are two options, then either the population or the drug, and the population actually is probably a very large part of the explanation because the treatment of people with high, high cholesterol has dramatically changed over the last 10 years. The reaction to the findings was uniformly negative. Dr. Stephen Nissen is chairman of the Department of Cardiovascular Medicine at the Cleveland Clinic. He is also the immediate past president of the American College of Cardiology. Let's listen to his reaction in an interview I did with him after the enhanced results were presented. There was certainly no good news today for the drug azetamibe, sold as Zetia or Vitorin. The study showed that there was no slowing of the growth of, of intermedial thickness in the carotid or femoral arteries when azetamibe was added to a background of full doses of Zocor. None of the subgroups showed any benefits as well. And so the study was really striking in the absence of any benefit. I think the most interesting part was the panel discussion of really four outstanding experts that offered the audience a consensus which is that it should not be used as first-line therapy, that statins, the drugs that we've been using for now several decades, should remain the first, second, and third-line drugs, and that drugs like azetamibe should really be used only in those patients who cannot tolerate or who don't get to goal when taking full doses of statin drugs. Dr. Nissen referred to a panel that was put together by the American College of Cardiology to comment on the enhanced findings. We talked to two of the panel members. First, Dr. Patrick O'Gara, Director of Clinical Cardiology at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston. I asked him what advice he would give to physicians based on the new findings. Advice to physicians is to return to first principles, maximize the dose of statin medications to targeted levels of LDL as predicted by their risk, their risk for death or heart attack or stroke or some combination of that, and push statin medication to the limit of tolerability probably to a greater extent than we've been willing to do over the course of the last several years. And do not reach for non-statin medications too early in the treatment plan. If you have just joined us, you are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. This is a special report from the American College of Cardiology's annual meeting, ACC 2008. We are coming to you from the ACC Press Room in Chicago. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. Dr. Harlan Krumholz, a cardiologist at Yale University, was also a member of the ACC panel reacting to the enhanced findings. We asked him for his reaction. What are the multiple effects that this drug is having and what is the net benefit and what are the net risks for a drug for which 
it was a novel mechanism. It is a novel mechanism. It's first in class. We don't really have large outcome studies, and there's some level of uncertainty about it. I think it's disappointing. I thought it was a disappointing announcement. That's not. The, you know, I understand they want to add more patients. If I were the company, I would want to invest more money and try to get this done rapidly. I don't believe that we should say that, okay, so we should hold the fort and keep the current practice until we get the information. I think that what it means is that we will have a high level of uncertainty, that we should be very cautious, it should change the way that we're practicing, and I think that until we can be shown data that will give us some confidence that there is net benefit for most of the patients, then we should be using this drug very judiciously and uh, carefully. And it's a shame, I mean, the, this drug should have been tested in this way early in its development, but it got a pass. That's the thing. There, there was no incentive for them to do it. Actually, there was no incentive for them to do enhance. It was approved for LDL, and so they were able to market it quite aggressively, and it became a blockbuster. I only suspect that Enhanced started because they had this this supposition that, gee, we need evidence in order to make this a blockbuster drug, and by the time Enhanced was done, they had already gotten there. They were so successful, and I think that they probably felt, I wish we would have had more confidence in our marketing division because we really didn't need this trial. I think we know that it makes a lab test look better we would have hoped that that would translate into benefit. It still may be, but this enhanced trial makes that less, less likely to occur. I, I would never tell you that it's impossible, but like I said, there are three possibilities. It turns out at the end of the day, when we finally get all the information that's beneficial, we, would, we sometimes talk in like, what's, what, what's the probability of that? Well, it just dropped with enhanced. It didn't go to zero, but it dropped. What's the chance it's an expensive placebo? That just went up because you got the expected lab result. If I hadn't got the expected lab result, I'd wonder what's going on. But it got the expected lab result, but you didn't get the expected result in the arteries. When I do have other studies that John's done that shows when you use more intensive statin or statin versus placebo, you got that benefit. And then there's some finite risk that it's harmful. And I just don't think we have, we could even put an estimate on that. And so for anyone who uses it, it's a bit of a gamble that in the end of the day, we're going to find out that it has net benefit. I went back to Dr. Castellin, Enhance's principal investigator, after the panel delivered its report and asked him what he thought of their reaction to his work. He was not pleased with the panel's comments. After my presentation, there was not a real discussion, a panel discussion. I would have kind of expected that, you know, a panel is there to discuss with you the results. Well, first of all, it was uh, not a panel, but a, a single a single colleague gave a quite a long expose about the study, almost as long as I actually discussed it, Dr. Krumholtz. And actually, I would have expected to have a, a scientific discussion with him about the different possibilities, but that, of, that did for some reason not occur. And a very harsh stance uh, was taken without actually debating the different possibilities. So it was like... There are three possibilities, the one that I just discussed, and we're only going to go for one, and that's that the drug has no evidence and isn't working and therefore should, should be an absolute last resort. And there were even some suggestions of other drugs that could be used instead. And now, I do agree with Dr. Krumholtz that if patients cannot reach an LDL goal, the first thing you should do is to talk to them about diet and exercise and weight loss and then see whatever you can do. But then, you know, in many patients, at least in my practice, there is only one drug to really bring them to an LDL goal, and that is EDIA. Especially if you start with a very high LDL cholesterol, fibrates, niacin, and the resins hardly have any place in cardiology practice anymore. So I felt that the discussion was almost like 
someone got a little carried away in the end without realizing the clinical daily practicalities of all of this. The only thing you can say is that a small surrogate market trial did not give you the result that you expected, and there are then a number of possibilities, but unfortunately the trial itself is not going to be able to answer those different possibilities. So what you want is more evidence, and now this time not from a surrogate market trial, but from hard endpoints. So indeed, we simply don't know currently, and we will need to know pretty soon, and therefore we need a large trial. We will eagerly await the results of those forthcoming trials, as will physicians around the country. And that will bring us to a close. You have been listening to a ReachMD special report, Cardiology News from this year's American College of Cardiology annual meeting, ACC 2008. This is the latest in a series of special reports from the ACC 2008, coming to you direct from the press room at McCormick Place in Chicago. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn, and this is ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments. Please visit us at ReachMD.com, where you will find a program guide and podcasts of current and previous shows. And thanks so much for listening.